Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 3 of Versus And. I am your dummy thick steely boy, Nolan Lacey. I am the fish wish that likes to sandwich, David Holman. And I have been practicing and I'm getting pretty good at this title thing. I am Brent Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> one step, one step closer. May I may I point out something that it, you can't welcome them back to the show if we just started. Well, it's episode 3. Welcome back. If they listen welcome to episode 2, to us welcoming you. If you've stuck through the first two episodes of this catastrophe, <laughs> like, welcome back. I mean, who doesn't binge podcasts? You know, like, it's podcast is podcast. the new Netflix. I can barely listen to one full podcast at a time. Really? Brent, Brent. Yeah. I get like a good 30 minutes in. I'm like, ah, this. How are you making podcasts? I <laughs> seriously. I'm, I, like, I like making them. I just hate listening to them. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement. Yeah. Except Good Better Quest. That's a great one. I listened to the whole thing. <laughs> like how it's that one and not after the plot, the other one that... <laughs> I make my own podcasts and I sit and listen to them in the dark. <laughs> I like how I sound when I make my own podcast. I was just telling David, because he does bartending, that I thought it would be really he funny. He does bartending? He does bartending. He's I a does bartender. bartending. He's not a bartender, but he does bartend. He does bartend. That's that's actually accurate. Go ahead, Nolan. Sorry. I was saying that I thought it would be a good gag for him to record himself having a conversation with himself. Sure. Like for things to him, things for him to answer while he's at the bar. Just see if anyone notices. Yeah, I uh, I wholeheartedly love this idea. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, like we use you for many many voices on other podcasts <laughs> you think i should use a bunch of different voices yeah, for this fucking thing just you're just standing at the bar and just like oh i would really like a beer right now and it's just, i don't even know what the fuck voice that was but like you know there was that was you trying to do my irish one it was it was a man trying to imitate an imitation of an irish voice then a goblin walks up and he's like Oh no, you bumper clock. You gotta go <laughs> to the back of the line. Oh no. Oh god. We, damn. we do we do have uh to the listening audience out there, if you are not aware, we produce two other podcasts after the plot end. Good Better Quest and David, we've got quite a list of voices that we're gonna need you for <laughs> on our uh, upcoming Skyrim episode. Hell yeah. Of after the plot. The script is already at like eighteen pages. Yeah, no one was, was telling me about that. I let me let me tell you, I uh I already know a thing or two about doing the Nords. All They've true been practicing son, my Nords. All true sons and, and daughters of Skyrim join the Stormcloaks. No, one of my favorite improv scenes I ever did started with me gathered around like like three other dudes, and I said, "My fellow Stormcloaks, my brother Nords." And then I looked at one dude, and I was like, "Dennis." <laughs> your uh your nord impression is very close to my uh my uh npr impression you are coming to you live on the npr this is the public radio and we bring all the news to you each morning my impressions in my head always sound better than they do coming out of my mouth so like i always think i can do that and end up just being a really poor man's version of borat with like everything that i do <laughs> very nice <laughs> this poor is my man. wife poor rat <laughs> poor rat there we go poor rat yeah so Tanvi gave me a couple of ideas for games here but um nolan you and you would we've been talking spider-man for a while here oh yeah is there is there anything you know that you would like to to delve into before we so I've, I've had many debates with people about, like, ranking the Spider-Man movie-verse because there's eight of them now. Yeah. The Sam Raimi three. Hold on, two. are we counting the Andrew Garfield ones? Well, that see, that's the thing. Some people find them acceptable. There's a small difference between acceptable and exceptional. I mean, there's a small difference between exceptional and acceptable. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... I, I saw both of them... In theaters. and At the same time. At the same time. One four and a half hour Sp- clusterfuck of a movie. Split his focus like a dolphin. Right. 
Yeah. Crossover. Yeah. <laughs> it, I just I I thought both of them were terrible. I don't even know why I went and saw the second one because the first one just like I'm not a cool kid, but look how cool I am. I yeah. like photography. And then I, I don't know. Into the Spider Verse has completely changed my view of animated movies and Spider-Man movies. So yep. yep. My my reaction to that one, I watched it with my wife was that it after having seen it, 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 I was as floored at just the design as I was when I saw the original Matrix back in the theaters. It, just in the, like the, the, how revolutionary the visually it was. Yeah, you know, I thought the story was pretty good. You know, it's good. It's good comic movie, but just what they did on screen, everything visually was, was very stylized in in a just a fun, fun way. Everything was just. I don't know. It raised, it raised the bar on animation, really. Yeah, I, it, it really did. I, I read somewhere that the scene where um, Miles and Peter Parker are, are swinging through the forest with that computer is the first mm-hmm. time Miles is swinging. Miles yeah. is actually shot in like, I, I think, either like 40 or 50 uh, frames per second versus Peter, who was, you know, smooth 60. And the whole reason was for it to look a little off and unnatural yeah compared to peter like little shit like that is is yeah all of the all of the action sequences all the spider-men are i'm not actually sure what it means but they were shot on ones so it's like every or for every frame of the spider-man there's two frames of the background so like the the background is very smooth and fluid and then when you see the actual characters they're kind of jumping back and yeah. forth that's I love that because they change half as often. The frame changes half huh. as often as everybody else. And I also, if you you can go in and pause anywhere in that movie, and there's no like like every single scene is a is a work of art. There's no like yeah. There's no like motion blur. We just switch the camera real quick. Like everywhere you pause it, there's a scene there. And then did you guys notice the? They're only they're only like two frame uh, snapshots of where when there's like a like a, an onomatopoeia. Oh you know, yeah, like a, a bang or a smash or something. It yeah. switches to just like two D animation for j- just a half a second. Yeah, it was crazy. They just did such a good job introducing the characters as well that if Sony decided, hey, we're making a, a Spider Man twenty ninety nine or a Spider Man Noir film or Spider Gwen, which like I, or a Peter Porker. Peter, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I would so <laughs> go for that. How how is your Gotta first be John Mulaney. not want to see a Spider Noir movie? I want to see Nick Cage just do an hour of just <laughs> everywhere I go, the wind follows me. <laughs> Sometimes I eat egg cream. Let it burn down to my fingers just so I can feel something. <laughs> <laughs> I drink egg creams and punch Nazis. <laughs> what did he call the guy? Like you like hard boiled mustard eater or something? When he like all of his all of his put downs were very family friendly but yeah off off the wall do you guys see the uh the scene at the end the i mean the end credit scene with this who are you remind (laughs) me you're not spider-man what are you talking about no you're not spider-man why are you pointing you know something that studio is like we have to shove a meme in there somewhere yeah yeah where are we gonna do it all right we we've talked about the beautiful style of it we need to talk about the crux of the entire movie. That the main thing that I can only focus on after seeing it and enjoying on, it wholeheartedly. Are, are, are you going? Are you talking? Are we going to go negative now? No, we're not talking. No, sorry, we're not talking about negative. I just I okay, have to bring still, up the only okay. thing I can ever think about with that movie after seeing it twice now, and it's the fact of how much I fucking love that Kingpin is just a rectangle. <laughs> He's just a big black rectangle with an oval in the middle. That's it. That's all he is. It's very characterized. I love it so much. Everyone always like the '90s cartoon made him look like <laughs> made him the look, '90s cartoon. He looked like he looked, he looked like, like a pig man. Like yeah. <laughs> he just. I like he look, was he was an intern in a kitchen and he looked up a picture of what he thought a chef should look like <laughs> and like couldn't find a hat that fit and he shows up. It keeps slipping off my head. I don't know what that is. The Daredevil show on Netflix, you know, is, is just a bald man. Okay, whatever. No. Mm-hmm. A bald man. 
Spider-Verse got it right. Mm-hmm. Big old I, I rectangle. The enemies, uh, Doc Ock, Olivia Octavius. Was oh, just that was great. So good. She's like my favorite villain. I just, that was so good. She was yeah. so awesome. Um, soundtrack. Soundtrack was really good. Yes. Yeah. I was blown away by the soundtrack. A fair amount of the soundtrack has wound up in my daily rotation on Spotify. Good. As yeah. it should. As far as production goes, it amazes me that Sony could fuck up for so long with yeah. such a good property and then like back against the wall we're about to lose all rights to spider-man come out with the best one yeah we got spider-verse has anyone but me seen far from home no one i know you saw it yeah brent have you seen far from home i have not seen it oh man (sighs) but i do i do have a i do have a game go for it spider-man titles all including the name home Homecoming, Far From Home. Yeah. What else? What else you got? Home Alone too. Spider Man Home Alone. <laughs> Spider Man Home Alone. He's got to guard his house from <laughs> invading Boyglas. Um, it's Spider Man where he meets E. T. and it's just called Spider Man Home. Spider Man Home yeah. with the finger. But yeah, it has to have the finger when you say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Spider Man is a cowboy, and it's Spider Man Home on the home Range. On the Range, mm, of course. Very good. Oh man. Spider-Man, I'll be home for the holidays. Uh, it's about him uh, trying to get back from Connecticut back to uh, <laughs> back to Queens. It's a real short commute. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Hallmark version of the Spider-Man films? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got Jonathan Taylor Thomas to play Peter Parker. <laughs> How will I ever find love on this train? Uh, Spider-Man, Homeward Bound. Oh, oh, that one's right. fall. That's that one's fallen. Peter Porker. Yeah. <laughs> and he has his pet chinchilla to come with him the whole way. Oh lord! Unfortunately, the chinchilla doesn't make it. Oh no! Why? Why? Everyone made it. Shadow made it. Uh, Spider-Man: Home of the Whopper. It's uh, one where he opens a Burger King franchise. It does not go well. You think he couldn't split his attention between Mary Jane and fighting crime. Man, why did he take this on? Burger King is so... Like, you can't have a family and run a Burger King franchise. Everyone knows that. Spider-Man Home of the Free. It's just... It's just... It's just Spider-Man, but he's kind of a dick. (laughs) All right, I'm going to give the win to David for that round. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt with a game there. No, you're good. Uh, no, I have not seen Far From Home, but feel free to discuss it liberally. I don't think that Jake Gyllenhaal did as good a job as... What's that face? No, just keep going. I'm waiting. Didn't do as good uh, a job what? as... Uh, Michael Keaton. If you Keaton. say Donnie Darko, I'm going to leave. No, oh. it's, it's Michael Keaton. I thought Michael Keaton was a much better bad guy. Okay. Well, Michael Keaton is... Yeah, I mean, you're not going to beat Michael Keaton. I mean, you can't skill beat aside, Keaton. he's got like 30 extra years of practice in doing this. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I mean? There's, there's that, but also you got to think about the fact that like Michael Keaton was supposed to be like just a regular average Joe. That's what he was. He was a regular average Joe just trying to make life happen for his guys and his family. Jake Gyllenhaal's character is just a asshole, which is Mysterio through and through, and he did a great job of that. I loved him. I loved him. I just, all through Spider-Man Homecoming, I was rooting for Michael Keaton. I just, if he won at the end and just got away, I would have been like, fucking yeah, go Michael Keaton. Whereas with Mysterio, when he, sorry Brent, when he loses, I was just like, all right, Spider-Man's doing a Spider-Man and he's winning. And then at the end, the twist, that was really good. And I won't spoil the twist for you, Brent, but there's a twist, and it's fucking excellent. Nolan, I really need to point out that, like, you rooting for Michael Keaton, like, that's cool, but you're you're like, I wanted him to win at the end of the movie. Do you realize for him to win, it, like, he would have had to kill a teenage boy, right? Mm-hmm. He just, yep. No, he just had to get Murder away. Murder a high schooler. He, he had no. all of the things in his claws, and he was flying away. That's all he had to do. Just get away. 
Do you think it was picked Michael Keaton on purpose for his uh, history of uh, aviation-based bad guys? Good girl. Aviation-based super people? At this point, it it has to be. You guys saw Birdman, right? Yes. I was about to ask you because I know that you you really liked that movie. It's really good. I I didn't get to see it. I need to watch that one. I couldn't. I couldn't. Maybe it's because I didn't understand it, but I did not like it. Drugs. Uh, well, okay. All right. That's. <laughs> I did watch it's, it sober, so that was. It's uh, it's it, it's not actually one shot, but the whole movie is set up to be one continuous shot. There's some ways that they cheat. Yeah. Obviously, but uh, it's presented as if it's one single take, which is pretty cool. I love I love long takes. I don't know. I couldn't get into it. I, I watched the whole thing, and for about 20 minutes after it, I, I just sat on the couch holding my knees to my chest, just blinking real hard. Just As far as as far as far mindfuck movies go, I would say Birdman, uh, in keeping with the Spider-Man cast, is way better than Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko can lick my log cutter. All right. Donnie Darko is the worst movie that has ever existed. In the history of mankind, Donnie Darko tries so hard to be something amazing. It, it tries. I'm sorry. I it just pisses me off. Why are you wearing that human suit? God damn it! <laughs> I didn't like it either. I, it's I, the stupidest fucking thing. I think the problem for you and me, David, is that when we were in high school, it was having its big resurgence with our age of friends and that was a weekend thing everybody watched donnie darko at least my high school friends for months i mean they was just waiting i was just waiting to like how did he time travel is a time travel movie and you didn't even give me like a bullshit flux capacitor like give me something like you can't throw time travel into a movie and just be like i know you just you know you fucking time travel like shut up about it it makes so I couldn't get into it after that. It makes zero sense. And like there's just so much bullshit that amounts to nothing in it. Like the the fucking the teacher gets fired or something and as she's leaving like She's like cellar door. Yes. Why? <laughs> Why is that it's just like some poets think it's the most beautiful word in the English language. No. Do you know what this was? This was you trying to set up something that you like. This is the worst example of foreshadowing in the history of mankind. You may as well have just like leaned in, like looked at the camera and said, you're going to need to go to a cellar door. It's important for the end of the movie. Jake, <laughs> Drew, Drew Barry. I, I was like Drew Barrymore, like Drew Barry less. <laughs> Do you have another Donnie Darko line, Nolan? Welcome to Los Cronos Criminals Cast, the uh, only podcast nice. where we mention Los Cronos Criminals uh, every single episode, sixty-six percent of the time. Um, so, speaking by the way, of if you haven't seen traveling movies, if you haven't seen Los Cronos Criminals, go see it. <laughs> yes. I, so I showed that to a ton of friends because you and I watched it and I thought it mm-hmm. was like the best time travel movie I've ever seen because it's one loop and they never get it. They never get it mixed up. Like they just keep looping. He just he like he does something. He fucks up. He's got to go back in time to fix it. And then he fucks up while he's there and he's got to go back in time again to fix that. And the, like it, it's it's really, really good. But I showed it to like 10 friends and we turn the lights on after the movie ends and I'm just like, what did you guys think? And literally everybody just stood up without a word and walked out. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, guys. It's like when you go to take the trash out and then you go to re- reline the trash can, but the, the, the cabinet door t- where you keep the trash liners falls out, so you got to repair that. So you go in the basement to find a screwdriver you flip the light onto the basement, but the light's burned out. So then you got to get a light bulb to fix that. So you go into the closet where those are. And then you spill the cat food on the way up. So you got to get the broom to sweep up the cat food so you can get to the light bulb. And then the broom breaks. So you got to go out to the shed to get the extra broom. But you lost the keys. And it just keeps looping. It just keeps, he never finishes. 
We're actually we're actually still watching the movie right now. <laughs> it never ends. Uh, until you guys started like explaining more, I I started to wonder if this was maybe the um, the Spanish version of uh, Time Bandits, uh, that that old <laughs> no. British time travel movie. It, it is not the Spanish version of Time Bandits. Okay, cool. <laughs> It, it, it is it is not the Spanish version. It is the Spanish version. <laughs> it's Spain. It's In Spain. Spain, you travel time on the left side of the world. <laughs> so, uh, back to Spider-Man, which we have gone far from home. <laughs> There's a fight scene where Peter has to depend fully on his spider sense. His Peter Tingle. <laughs> his Peter Tingle. As everyone else calls it. <laughs> You know that thing you can predict stuff. You're, pe- you're Peter Tingle. You're Peter Tingle. <laughs> please, please don't call it that, Aunt May. <laughs> that was like the dopest Spider-Man fight scene. I think. I think there is. I mean, like, there's really cool stuff in the Sam Raimi films when he stops the train, when he's fighting yeah. the Green Goblin. That's all cool stuff. This, where he's just figuring out his spider sense and like beating the shit out of military-grade drones. That is just so cool. So Nolan, fill us in. You're, I, no, no offense to you, David, but Nolan, I feel like you're the resident expert on some of the back backstory of some of the comics here. And David, feel free to jump in. Correct me if Sp- I'm wrong. Spider Man is is my jam. Spider Man. Uh, okay. was... I would say so David the, for, knows easily more. Okay. About all right. All right. Well, then take everything I said and just switch the names out. <laughs> David, give it for the for the listening audience. Give us like bring us give us a little backstory on like what Peter Parker's powers are here because I mean, he's in the movies he's got the little pss, pss, like swing around you know but like when you compare that to some of the other things we've seen in the mcu on paper it doesn't really add up i mean it doesn't really compare you know what i mean i can stick to shit and i can swing around yeah and then you've got you know tony stark and thor you know so what 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 might the the layperson not realize about the the powers of the spider-man a lot of what really makes uh, Spider-Man, who he is, in in my opinion, like uh, you know, standing on a similar level to like Tony Stark and Captain America and all them, is more of his mind and his spirit. Like he he can stick to stuff. Yeah, he's got pretty good. Like he's got super fast reflexes. Um, he didn't have. I I don't think in the original comics he had his own webbing, right? He had to make that, I thought. Yeah, he's he's always had to make his own webbing in the comics outside of, like, random shit. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, without without the webbing, he honestly would have just been stick to stuff guy. (laughs) Um, Sticky man. (laughs) Sticky man. I'm going to stick over here. Throw me on a wall and watch as I fall down. Look you down, know. look up, sticking on a feeling. So yeah. He could have been a sticky, what are those, sticky hand man. Yeah, sticky, sticky hand, hand man. man. The sticky bandit. <laughs> but it's it's the fact that he got this and he was like, well, I can either live with sticky hands or I can make something of myself out of this. And that's that's what makes him great is is the fact that he... He he has decided to to make something out of a really bad infection. Yeah, basically, basically, like he's he's decided to have this thing that happened to him, and do something good with it. That's that's what makes him great. So is, we're looking at you know the resolve, the the perseverance, yeah, the, the indomitable spirit in in the uh, Enter the Spider Verse movie one of the, my favorite things that like i never really thought about it but it really is like iconic of spider-man is he always gets back up yep he does he always gets back up that and having enhanced regeneration and being able to lift a hundred yeah, tons no, that that also that helps, helps. Yeah, into the spider-verse so my wife tanvi really got into it did a bunch of research and articles and stuff and she's like throwing names around I'm like i don't know who these people are yeah um the all the scene not all a lot of the scenes with the full cityscape scenes yeah when there is motion amongst the buildings the we found out the buildings are actually rendered to not be realistic yeah so like from the camera angle it looks like everything is moving smoothly and stuff but if you if you freeze the motion and just back the the camera the quote-unquote camera uh, the buildings are like 
totally skewed and in different angles yeah. and like not proportional. Hmm. Uh, but you don't notice it because the way that the camera is kind of winding through the action as they're going, it looks like it's a straight city with right angles and everything standing up and all the buildings are proportional. But um, that one scene where he takes his he takes his first you know big leap as yeah. as Ultimate Spider Man. Yeah. Um, it looks like he's diving in between buildings, but they showed the 3D rendering on that, and the buildings are all sticking out at like 20 and 30 degree angles, and like they're not proportional to themselves or a yeah. person. So that was neat. It was. I mean, they they seem to really let the artists go crazy with their art. I, I mean, yeah. like they they yeah they gave them full reign on you know how they got to design the characters and who they got to implement just the the techniques of their art that they got to put in i i feel like that's why it was such a big deal it, it's not something you get to see every time with studios saying you know like pixar pixar has a style yeah and it's really cool and it's really good and it works but you know going into a pixar movie you're going to get the the that kind of animation and that kind of style and it doesn't really deviate from story to story it's it's kind of like you know realistic paintings versus like modernism yes or yeah. postmodernism you know where pixar films like they want to get the detail you know toy story 4 like you could nearly damn see your own reflection in the toys <laughs> in the movie yeah right yeah. whereas this one it's it's the same level of detail but that's not what they're going for yeah right like they're they're committing to the the image or the 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 dream the goal the vision but it's not we want to make this look as real as possible yes yeah like we want to make it look this way and we're going to kick ass at it yes i was just looking up because you said ultimate spider-man yeah isn't um yeah miles i miles, thought was ultimate spider-man ultimate yeah. spider-man i i've for some reason i had it in my head he was he was something else i i always get Ultimate Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, no. Spider-Man 2099 is the blue guy. Blue from guy. 2099. Yeah. Yeah. From, tw- from 2099. I don't I don't care much for Spider-Man 2099. Did you catch all the uh all the billboards in all the different universes? Oh yeah. Uh I I don't know if y'all saw but if I, did either of you ever watch Clone High? Am I the only one? Never saw it. <sighs> There was a fucking billboard when Gwen Stacy landed in Miles Universe that said Clone College, like coming this date. And I was like, Miles lives in a universe where Clone High got four seasons <laughs> at least. My favorite part was the, uh, the Red Man group. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> they good. A, they had a Blue Man group one that was different. Soda Cola. Soda, Soda Cola. And they had like a, a, what was the, there was a John Mulaney one. It was like, oh, hey, or something like that. Or, hey, hello. I don't remember. I don't know. He's, he's got a Broadway show called Oh, Hello. Oh, I didn't know that. It's really funny. You should watch it. All right. It's him and. Uh, Is it on like Netflix or something? Yeah. I'll have to check that out tonight. Yeah, the Oh, Hello show. Uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. That. It's really good. Yeah. That's it's like uh, it's It's funny and slapsticky and then like really dark. And, like, there's several moments of, like, oh, shit, are we still in the movie? Or, like, what? is he really mad at him right now? <laughs> like, and uh, Matthew Broderick makes a surprise appearance. That's good. All right. Um, anyway, it's called Oh, Hello. But the one in the, in the Spider-Verse, like, one of the universes, the Broadway, they have that billboard. And another one, it's just, like, oh, hey. Or something <laughs> close, but not the same. Hey there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I like... A lot of their references, I feel, were referencing other Spider-Men, too. See, the Clone High one, the thing that you saw as a show, David, when I saw that, I was thinking about Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, because he's a clone of Peter Parker. Mm. Oh. There's a bunch of clones of Peter Parker. Ben Riley was the only successful one, and he came out as a Scarlet Spider, and he was a little crazy. I don't remember the Scarlet Spider. He was really cool in the '90s. He had cut off. He had <laughs> his his outfit oh, had wow. cut off sleeves on it. So very '90s. Oh, I had wow. cut off sleeves in the '90s. Did that make me cool? No, it didn't. Sure. It didn't make him cool in you, the '90s either. <laughs> you also wrapped flannel around your Jeanco jeans, so. Mm-hmm. Wait, All right, that's... check out my long pants pants shorts. <laughs> Where are you going to get your long pants pants shorts? Wrapping wrapping your shirt around your waist is something I still do. While you're wearing it? More out of no, like more out of necessity. 
and usually with my hoodie. So can I uh, can I jump around a little bit? Yeah. You, David, mentioned no. No, was it you? Who was who cheered for um, the mechanical Birdman Michael Keaton character? That was me. Nolan. That was Nolan. The Birdman. So uh, when you mentioned that, it struck a chord with me because it's not the first superhero bad guy that I've rooted for in the past, and I'd like to get your guys' opinions on that. If we go back to the Black Panther, mm. mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, yeah. gotta say, I was kind of rooting for him. I, I, I was I was empathizing at the beginning, and then I was like straight up rooting for him at the end. Yeah, I wasn't oh. kind of. I was, I was super hoping that it worked. And I understood like, he is the bad guy, but it's like, you did a, you guys did too good of a job writing <laughs> this bad guy. It's like, Oh no, he's making some really good points here. <laughs> like that's that's the thing is is I was all on board until like I saw the stuff he was doing to Wakanda. That wasn't okay with me. Yeah. Like that everything else he was saying like I was like, "Yeah, you make a point. Wow, fuck. Yeah." But when when I saw how all that was affecting Wakanda, that's when I was like, "Okay, no. This the, the ends don't justify the means here." You know? And the thing about Wakanda that you have to remember is uh, Wakanda forever. <laughs> Damn it! My my one gripe was like like he's only got one gripe. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like I I mean I'm sure I could find more, but with with Killmonger. Excuse me, sir. Have you seen my gripes? <laughs> <laughs> I've only I've only got one gripe. It was just getting into Wakanda and getting captured and then becoming the king. I know he, I know it was combat, trial by combat, and, like, that was a wicked scene. It was just people immediately started agreeing with him, and I feel like they needed to do some more building of that because there was only one argument between T'Challa and somebody else where they're like, maybe we should help, and he was like, no— and then that spiraled into like half the kingdom agreeing with Killmonger. It's just the bad guys in the 90s used to be like, you know, your plan is to like take over the whole world or like kill everyone that has a Y in their name. Or, yeah. you know, I've stolen this of- diamond to make a laser to kill everybody with green eyes. I will yeah. get rid of the day Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right, it's a bad guy. But like recently, I'd say within the past like 10 years, they've gotten yeah. to be like, you know, I just want everyone to be nice to my family and provide jobs for everyone. And you're like, yeah. well, all right. I mean, He makes sure. a point. Yeah. In, in a lot grayer areas. Mm. That's that's something I like, too, is, is villains have become a lot... It's become a lot less black and white and a lot more gray until a point when the bad guy has to make an, like an active decision. Well, yeah. It would be a yeah. good movie if they just kept it gray and then it just got to the end. It's like, well, we'll just talk about it. We'll figure this out later. <laughs> Question for you guys. Is the Grandmaster a bad guy? Does he qualify? Uh, yeah. The Grandmaster? Yeah. The Grandmaster. Are you talking about from Dr. Come Strange? Chef, Chef Goldblum. Thor Ragnarok. Oh! Yeah, he's he's a bad guy. <laughs> he's definitely a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's I lovable. Would, I would definitely party with Grandmaster any day of the week, though. Yeah, just like just stay away from his belt stick. He's mm-hmm. he's a charismatic son of a bitch. <laughs> it's, it's like, man, I know you taxed my family into poverty, but damn it, if you just aren't lovable. <laughs> Who are you, Lord Your, uh, Sparkle Fingers? On your Earth planet, I'd be over six million of your years, but uh, here, uh... <laughs> I think Marvel figured out that if you have a really charismatic person as a bad guy, that people are going to enjoy the movie more. Because think of Iron Man two or Thor two. Tell yeah. me the bad guys. Iron Man two was uh, that uh, that Russian Whip- guy. Whip right? crack. Um, um, Nick, not Nick Nolte. Um, the other one that's Mickey less Rourke. angry. You can't even remember the actor. That's how good Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Mickey yeah. Rourke. That that's the thing. I don't even remember. I don't remember his his villain name. All I know is is Whiplash. like yeah, that was the one where Iron Man fought Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Whiplash. Whiplash. The, Whiplash. The Metallica bad guy because he had whip. And then, yeah, he was like the evil jump rope. <laughs> yeah. They they call me Double Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> And in the third one, it it was uh, at first it was the um, the Mandarin, mm. 
the Mandarin, the mm. elusive um, Oriental orange, small tiny orange villain. Ben uh, who is Kingsley? Ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah. And then it Probably turned one out of to Ben Kingsley's lowest of lows. Yeah. <laughs> I I like that twist. I think I was the only one he, laughing in the that theater. That was a that really happened. great twist. Yeah. And then who who is the actual bad guy? Um. Oh. He was a guy that he like he could like heat up stuff with his hand. He had like some kind of gambit Military dude. Like yeah. that's all I remember. I don't remember the actor name. Was he an actual villain in the comics? It, it was the MCU's take on the Mandarin because you know the original version is incredibly oh, yeah. racist <laughs> no i'm talking about the the military guy who wound guy up being the actual vil- yeah aldrich killian yeah was that an actual i don't know i don't yeah. know see that's that's what i loved was they they twisted it it's like yeah this would be real offensive but <laughs> we're gonna pay homage to it i am the mandarin and this is my sidekick the maraschino (laughs) (laughs) that's something that i feel they've missed out on in the movies there's not a lot of sidekicks it's like captain america has a couple nobody else has sidekicks speaking of one of the games that tanvi came up with was uh what would your captain america psa be referencing uh homecoming here i think that a really good captain america psa line of things that they would release would be Captain America Mean Girls crossovers. Mm. So it's like Captain America standing in front of everybody and if you have sex, you will get a disease <laughs> and you will die. <laughs> but you know with Damn the shield. The one I was thinking about was was him sitting all of mine. Just going ahead and assume all of mine involve him taking a chair and sitting in it backwards. It involves him starting off with that and say, so, you're a chronic masturbator. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. Back Who when hasn't I was in bored? the war in 44. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was real lonely in the front. <laughs> See, I think, I think it, would, it would be lonely like... Lonely in the front, really lonely? Yeah. <laughs> Yakety-schmackety-doo. <laughs> I think a lot of his being released now would be like Dare for us in the 90s. Whereas, like, oh, yeah. really kind of propaganda pictures of, like, him holding his shield up, but it's clearly a sperm blocking, coming in. Blocking and it's a like, joint. protection is free. Go to your school nurse to get a condom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things like oh, that. man. That's more like a surf cop PSA or something. <laughs> surf cop. Protection is free. Go to your school nurse. I think driver remediation course after you've had a DUI, that's a good place oh, for a Captain America PSA. That is good. So, got pulled over after too many adult pops, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I definitely think they would use him as an anti-marijuana one, too. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Winners don't do drugs, except me. (laughs) (laughs) Winners don't do drugs, and druggers don't do win. (laughs) And you have, like, Tony Stark leaning in the background with, like, a little OK symbol or something. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been smoking some of that hashish? I fought a war so that you wouldn't. I mean, like, really any over-parenting PSA. Going out with your friends tonight? Make sure you're back by 9.30. And call me if you're going to be later. (laughs) (laughs) Captain America Van Services. We'll pick you up for free. The end credits one was, like, disappointment. You know? (laughs) I forgot about that Oh, my God. I fast-forwarded to to that one because I watched it on Netflix. Yeah. And I still appreciated it. Oh yeah. Just 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 to know how many people got suckered into staying through like twenty five minutes of like Oh how many digital effects artists and key grips and best boys and drivers and muffin deliverers and securities <laughs> and like toothpasters and then that's all you get. That's all you oh, get at the end. No, no, that's not all you get because the last thing he says off screen is how many more of these do I need to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's what made it all worth it. Because you see him like three times, don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's like the, My favorite was when he was in detention. Yeah. Or no, in, um, in uh, PE class. class. Yeah. And he's on the TV screen. And he says, hey kids, Captain America here with your gym teacher. And he points to the left. Yeah. But <laughs> Hannibal Buress is on the right. He's on the right. And he's like waving. Good. Also another another hidden gem in that movie. Hannibal Buress is the oh, gym teacher. Yeah. Is the, the gym teacher i think if they were going to do a psa like if they were going to do a dare-esque captain america 
PSA line. It would all be stock photos. Pictures that were taken of him in New York while he was fighting or something to make it look real serious and then have him fighting off little cartoon marijuana plants or something. Yeah. Like, we've encountered your, your biggest enemy, Booze Man. And it's like, you know, a fucking Mega Man enemy. <laughs> hey, I'm Booze Man. <laughs> Cats it's like, like flying forwards while the camera's going backwards. He's like charging up. So, you did LSD. Make sure your friends know. Don't lie to the paramedics. They're not going to turn you into the police. Some drugs from the ambulance will kill you if you're on LSD. The drugs will turn you into the police. (laughs) (laughs) It's like tripping real hard in the back of the ambulance and he's like, Roxanne! (laughs) So you've eaten some mushrooms. Are you sinking into the couch? Good. The yakla will come and take you away. <laughs> Lolf has found your soul. You are not worthy. <laughs> Fuck, you had to bring Lolf into this. I mean, have a good day, America. America. What else? What other geeky things? What other geeky things have you guys done this month? I am restarting the Codex Alera. Oh, yeah. I... Actually, let me back up. I just finished uh, Time Bandit, Time Thief by Terry Pratchett. Mm. Ah. Do you guys know that one? I, I know I know Terry Pratchett's stuff, but I haven't read that one. It's not the one that the movie Time Bandits was based on, is it? Negative. Then I don't know it. Uh, it's The Thief of Time, that's it. Thief of Time. Terry Pratchett, is that 2001. It is in the disc world, and I have no idea what that means because this is the only book that I've read in that series. But it lets me know that there's other ones to read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're not all connected. Right, but they're all in, like, the same universe. Yes. I, yeah. I, I, I surmised that point. Anyway, I finished that. <laughs> we can get into that later if we need to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then started the Codex Alera by Jim Butcher. I needed something fantasy-like to put me to bed at night. So I started book one of that. I know, Nolan, you're, you've read that one. You're big into that one. Yeah. David, have you read that one? I have not. Pretty good. Got your elemental magic, uh, you know, water, fire, yeah. earth, wind, Captain Planet sort of stuff. But all the magic is in the form of furies, I think how you pronounce it. Yeah. So, like, you know, I would ostensibly, around puberty, find my grass fury outside, and I would name him, you know, uh, Billiam Bob the Third. And yeah. every, every time I need some grass power or whatever, I would call upon my fury and the grass would move around and do what I need to do. So it's a really good series. There's six, six books in it. And they're, what, 10 years old now? Uh, yeah, probably more than that, honestly. I read them... I think the first one is 04, 05, something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I read them mm-hmm. as I was going through college and they were all already out in 2011, 2012. Sorry, I was looking up the the Discworld book that I had read, and I read Going Postal. Wait, so we're going, so we're go- switching back to Discworld. No, no, then? I was just trying to remember. Um, uh, definitely going into Codex Alera. It was just bugging me that I couldn't remember which Discworld book I had read. The uh, the Codex Alera, it starts off, so it's all on one world, which is really cool. But it starts off just kind of like Roman legionnaire. They all have. You have to have a fury to be considered a full citizen in... The technology is very Roman-esque. Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they they start fighting, like, tribes of the north. You know, again, very... Yeah. Imagine this. There's a big wall up north, and it's keeping a bunch of icemen in the north from coming down south. Heard that one before? Oh. <laughs> you can't imagine where they got that idea. Yeah. Who, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> but the... Oh God! What 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 is the tribe that they they instead of furies they connect with animals and like gain their abilities? There's, there's like the 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 bird fairy type people and like the wolf type people. Well, there's the mammoth ones too. I haven't gotten that far yet. No, I no, it's in the first furries, book. Guys. Well, I haven't gotten that far yet. Oh no! So the <laughs> the tribe of people that Tavi, the main character, runs into, um, mm-hmm. they all connect with animals, and there's one that's like birds like you said mm-hmm. and then there's some that have like mammoths and they're like incredibly strong like uh, earth earth theories kind of mm. that powerful they're really strong and i thought that was really cool that other essentially humans had bonded with something else other than furies but then yeah the canum the wolf people have all blood magic and that shit is so dope it's the it's pretty good oh man 
a, a bunch of these like warriors and then they have like blood mages and they carry on bags of blood to like flick and do stuff and when they start using this magic it's not just fire bolts and lightning and shit it's it's kind of like if you're putting it in 40k they they call upon the warp and they like call tentacles down and like grab people to pull them apart <laughs> it's it's fucked up holy mm. fuck but then tavi goes to the canum continent to to do something and, and like again i know these were recapping 15 year old books again at this point but I won't... it's our it's our shtick <laughs> yeah, yeah. it kind of is let me tell you about lord of the rings here <laughs> um, so this he got named with, tolkien he goes over to this other continent and he meets this other group of really kind of purest blood mages and they don't use other people's blood they just like flick their own wrists and use their own blood and their magic is like a thousand times more powerful Ugh. these two guys get into a duel and one of them just slices his hand and flicks his own blood on this guy. And he literally, like, his intestines pull him inside of himself. Yeah. Nice. It's, like, the dopest shit ever. It's so cool. Hi, kids. <laughs> Captain America here. <laughs> Ever had your intestines pull yourself inside out? Blood <laughs> magic's no joke. <laughs> Don't mess around with blood magic, kids. <laughs> the main furies, you've got your air furies, and they their users can fly. And they've got all this air magic. Uh, Earth Furies can like tap into the ground, and they're like super strong. And they can make the the ground move around. Think like Thing from Fantastic Four. Yeah. And then there's Wood Furies. Uh, what are, what are they? They can they're good at like manipulate plants and tracking. Tracking. Yeah, they can like speak through the trees. I think and at one stealth. Point, yeah, they good can at stealth. See through um, animals' eyes. I think. Mm. I think that was in those books. Very green card from Magic the Gathering. Yes. I, I feel like they, they can't do any of that unless there's water in the trees, though, right? Well, no, because there's water furies as well. Something totally different. And they're good at, like, perception and, like... Healing. Healing. Yeah. Determining who's telling the truth and, like, looking into your soul. No, determining who's telling the truth is, like, an Earth thing, isn't it? Not in this one. Yeah, you're thinking of the Airbender series, Last Airbender. Avatar. That is exactly what I'm thinking. It's of. very Fuck. similar. It's very similar. But, I mean, if you boil it down, it's all the same, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. No. Never mind. When you start talking about the animals and in, in the furies involving, and all I could think about was like, oh yeah, like the badger moles, you know, and, and shit <laughs> like that. What are the the airbenders? They're big dragon dogs. What are those? Oh, uh, sky bison. Sky bison. Yeah, those are really. I like those. Yeah. But there's also metal. They like headbang and they listen to Slayer. And they only and like, wear black. They smell like beer. <laughs> they usually have Doc Martens on. Yeah. <laughs> They're really good swordsmen and they can like... I forgot about those. ...detect metal. So at one point... They're like metal detectors. They're like metal detectors. <laughs> uh, one guy stops an arrow with his hand because he knows where it's coming from because of the metal tip on it. So he just like oh, wow. just puts his hand up. Which if you think about it is pretty metal. It's pretty metal. But, like, then Jim Butcher, the author, does some really neat shit with all of them. Yeah. Like, the airbenders, one of them... They're not They're not airbenders. <laughs> air, air furies. Air furies. Get it right here. <laughs> I'm fucking it up. There's too many. Um, she bends the air to make it into a mirror, which I thought was really cool. So she's like... Yeah, they use, like, make mirrors and, and lenses and telescopes and stuff just by bending the air yeah. around it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm super excited to get into it. I read all, I read, not all, but I, I was reading the Dresden Chronicles as they were coming out, and then I got caught up with him, this is back in the day, and then started reading his other series as well. And one of the cool things I noticed is like how he switches, Dresden Files is all first person, yeah, and Codex Lair is all third person, limited, like semi-omniscient, limited omniscient, yeah. um, but he was writing them at the same time, which is like bananas to like be switching that type of writing style i mean i don't know you know how frequently he switched back and forth but like that's a very different type of style to write in and to do both of them well i mean oh yeah and he knocked them out of the ballpark yeah they're really good i will probably be talking about them for the next couple episodes because there's six books and they're like 600 pages each so jesus there's a lot to a lot to go through but uh yeah that's what i'm on right now still doing the the dark tower but nothing new there just yeah listening to the to the books there. How about you guys? I played a uh, a game that I remember my dad having on like I think Windows ninety eight. Was it Commander Keen? 
No, it was what I have dubbed Missed Douglas Adams Edition. It's called Starship Titanic. Don't know that one. Whole game starts off with a spaceship crashing into your house and then a robot coming down and be like, oh, I'm real sorry about that. Hey, the Starship Titanic is in real bad shape. Could you come help us? And you go up on the ship. All the robots on there are crazy because the main ship's computer is broken. And so the whole game is like trying to find the pieces for the main ship's computer. But it's difficult because all the robots don't really know how to help you. And honestly, in some places, kind of get in the way of fucking helping you. And I lost my fucking mind Hmm. because there's so many things it's an adventure game it's an adventure puzzle game but whereas most adventure puzzle games you know when you talk to someone you have dialogue options right this one you actually have to type to the people so you have to know what to fucking say to these people and i i finally looked up somewhere online i was like i can't find i needed a crush tv at some point So I looked up online, like, how do I get the Crush TV? It's like, oh, you have to ask the bellbot to drop it from the top of the well, and then you go on the elevator down to the bottom of the well, and there it is. And I was just like... How would you have guessed that? How would I have known this? How would I have ever known this? Those those point-and-click adventures, like Journeyman Project. Buried in time. Buried in time. Some of it was really straightforward. Some of it was fucking not like the the aztec temples in the second one buried in time i died so many times trying to figure out what the correct hieroglyphs were to like open the goddamn door and if you don't do it right you get like impaled well see that at least that you know that there's like these wheels and i have to figure out the right combination the one that did it for me is when you time travel into the past to a derelict space station around Saturn, and you have no propulsion on your suit, and the only way you could propel yourself is if previously in the game you had randomly decided to turn on the TV and watch some commercials and write down the call-in information to order yourself your very own cheese girl, <laughs> have that replicated in your apartment, and then take the pressurized cheese can into your null space-time dimensional pocket that you've got, and then time travel back to Saturn and then use the pressurized cheese to push yourself towards the space station. So that you can uh, find an AI. How, how in the hell would you ever have figured this out I, by yourself? I, I look at, you know, a, a game like Starship Titanic and then I look at another game that I love, Escape from Monkey Island. Or sorry, The Curse of Monkey Island. That was a game that like on some level... It was a little difficult, but at the same time, like, if you really thought about it, oh yeah, this makes sense. At the very beginning of the game, you're trapped in a a ship, a capsized pirate ship, and all you, like, can really pick up in there, I think, is like a diamond ring. And for the longest time, I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do here. And then I watched my dad play it for a little bit, and he instinctively was, like, after two or three minutes, he was like, oh yeah, he pulls out the diamond ring you pick up and he cuts a hole in a, um, a porthole, uh, you know, like one of those glass. ship windows. Yeah. And that opens it up. And now you can get out through that, you know, window and duh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I was like, that makes sense though, because you know, like, like diamonds can cut glass, you know, game design from late eighties, early nineties to now is you know, just the fact that they have Unreal Engine or Unity or something mm-hmm, to go yeah. on, you have a strict limit of things that you really can program. You almost well. know the rules of the game already. Right. Yeah. Whereas the original Zelda, you know, oh, if you walk 15 blocks over and you go to where there's a couple of the things that shoot the, the pods at you and you burn the fifth bush from the right side of the screen, you'll find a stair mm-hmm. to go to. Like, it's a secret to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, how do you, like, you just just walk around and hit every pixel and just hope that something happens? Yeah. Anytime I'm in public and somebody references any type of, like, paperwork or a form and anybody mentions the term, like, red page or blue page, I, like, perk up and look around. 
Anybody else? Anybody else gonna get on this with me? No. Yeah. Nothing? No. Nobody. I. I Red shit pages? you not. No. I. I'm. I thought you were making a Matrix reference. No, from Mist. Oh, oh my god. See my dude. <laughs> my, I did not play it. I watched my dad play it. I think a couple times. I tried to play it. Could not figure it out. Didn't bother. My experience yeah. with Mist was watching you and Dad play Mist and Riven. Oh my god, Riven! I was just so fucking confused the entire time that i never even tried to do it because there's just like you go into a cage and close it and then a guy comes out and he says something and then he gets killed and the cage opens up and you take his book that he had and like you have to go yeah i could not wrap my head around it as like a six-year-old it just didn't that was in the uh the zork nemesis or the zork Zork. trilogy or anthology i've dabbled with those that's another good one if you're into the point-and-click adventure puzzle stuff. Yeah. Like Return to Zork, Zork Nemesis, Zork Happy Meal, whatever. Those those are, that's another good one there. I think the the most confusing old game that I played was Super Metroid. Really? Oh my god. Because once you unlock, you know, once you go to every room that you can, you get a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, and then other rooms open up for you. Right. Because you got the new stuff. And sometimes it's really intuitive. Like, oh, that one has a shield that can only open be, be opened by a super bomb. So you go and drop a super bomb. Yeah. It opens the door and you get there. But then sometimes there's a, a block that's hidden by, yeah. you know, something in front of it that you have to drop the super bomb at the bottom of the thing and then you have to climb all the way up to make sure that you can get there. And then you have to have the ball power and then you have to be able to just like there's so many random complicated things to finish the game not like 100 percent it just to get to the final boss that i i would say about a third of the way through as an adult i looked up a guide i'm like i'm lost i don't know what to do i don't have any guns i'm out of missiles i don't know where to go i don't know what's happening there was something like that in uh the castlevania symphony of the night which i fucking i loved that game i had it on xbox like i think it was like remastered or some shit i don't know but i was stuck at this one point i was like i got no idea what the hell to do and i looked it up online what you have to do is you have to get a companion who's like just these little spirits that float around and you have to equip this this particular one that you get from this particular boss fight in the middle of fucking nowhere in this castle and it's the demon and you go to this other place and you're supposed to have him equipped and all it's there to do is for him to say, oh, a switch, let me push this for you, master. And he pushes the switch. There's no other switches in the rest of the game. He only exists for this one thing. Like life is hard enough as it is. I don't need my video games to be yeah. as hard as real life. I just need, you know, I want some challenge, but like I want it to make sense. You know, nothing nothing in the real world makes sense much these days. I need my video games to at least follow <laughs> a path here. David and I were talking about, I've been getting into The Witcher, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'll wait until next episode to like really talk about my experience with it, but as confusing as it is, because you have to learn all these beasts, and you have to learn their weaknesses, and you can put like oils yeah. on your sword, and you can use bombs, and you have different potions you can take, and you can do... There's a lot of really interesting stuff, but if you're kind of an asshole like me, you can just get a really strong sword and just beat the shit out of everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, games previously, you couldn't just bull your way through. You had to know those little secrets. Whereas this, the, the way they make them now, you can just, like, I don't feel like doing research on top of playing video games. I'm already doing a bunch of fetch quests. I just want to go and kill the griffin. Just let me go kill the griffin. Yeah. So for our, our final game of the evening, um, we've we've talked a lot about Spider-Man tonight, and we've talked a little bit about sidekicks. So um, my question for you guys, and I'm going to throw my hat in this as well, is if you could be bitten by any other uh, insect, beetle, bug, uh, arachnid, anything like that, what would it be? And give me at least one superpower that you would contract can't be a spider though. That's already taken. Damn it! And it's it's got to be a an insect in the insect kingdom with some wiggle room. Okay. Okay. You know, vertebrates are out. Okay. So have to have or an exoskeleton. In, vertebrates are out. Yeah, it must have an exoskeleton. Uh, I'll go as far as to give you uh, no skeleton if you want to go with like the pseudopods and sort of thing. <laughs> Octopus man. 
Octopus man. Octopus. No, I'm not fucking. That's mine. That's yours. Octopus man. Okay. (laughs) See, I was thinking um, silverfish. Like a silverfish comes and bites you. (laughs) (laughs) And what is your superpower? Like hanging out underneath shoes and running away real quick when somebody's real, real skinny can fit in most places. You know, you take your shirt off and all your spines pop out, and you just kind of (laughs) like because then you can. You can hang on things, you know. I mean, they're you really just, good. You just gross out the bad guys until they stop fighting. <laughs> I actually, um, I, I lived in a house that had a basement. I lived in the basement, and there were tons of silverfish. They just, they just got in. And the first experience I ever had with a silverfish was the most frightening thing I ever did. I went into the bathroom because I really had to poop. I flipped the lights on, and there were three in my bathtub as I was coming. And I just went, all right, don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> So you got you got the element of surprise. They're frightening. You have way too many limbs, and you're extremely poisonous to other bugs. So all right, I didn't know silver that. Silver Silverfishman. Mine would be a centipede man. He's a Kenyan marathon runner that was bit by a radioactive centipede, and overnight he grew a hundred legs. So he's got the speed up there, like not quite Flash level, but like in Close in that category. Yeah. But it's not because of the speed force. He just has like. A hundred legs, like cartoon wheel, you know. He just pulls off his breakaway pants, and it's like, and all the the legs come out, and then just just takes off. <laughs> See that that almost to me looks more like a centaur. The the way I would picture a, a centipede a man centaur-pede. is he grows all the all the centaurpede. <laughs> yeah. He grows all the extra limbs on his on his body, and he can like lay down. Just come out. <laughs> he just come out from the nipples. That's worse. All the way down to the belly button. He just this lays his belly flop. <laughs> tiny little he, one inch legs. Yeah, but he's like the, the flash speed on his stomach. <laughs> 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 he's like, you need to go somewhere and he's like, I got this. And just lays down. <laughs> <laughs> Rips his shirt off. Belly flop on the pavement. Take off. <laughs> David, Thanks, what about Octopusman? Octopusman or Octopod as I've decided. Okay. I, I just, he gets so much shit. He's the ultimate superhero. He's got regenerative abilities. Sure. He's got camouflage. Sure. He's super fucking smart. Sure. But the most important, he's got a really sharp beak. I thought you were going to say he could fit through any hole his dick could. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's part of it now, too. Yeah, sure. He's. Can I make it? Bloop. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> It's like a cat with whiskers. <laughs> just... Is he? Is your friend going? Is he going dick first through that? Yeah, it's his thing. He just. It's it's his thing. He'll make it. Don't worry. <laughs> oh no! I. <laughs> oh no! There... <laughs> I just I'm just imagining someone going up to like a door that's missing the handle. <laughs> yes. Going through and, and just their eyes like. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that's it for us <laughs> we like crashed this episode into the ground here that's good. yeah well i mean david david won i got uh, like i yeah david, you won. any points i see to david there you go thank you for joining us this month on versus and where we ask the questions that most definitely needed asking um <laughs> I was a guy that came up with the title this month, Brent Lacey. Shit, no one, I was looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the toastest ghostest with the mostest, David Hallman. <laughs> oh, are we repeating them? Because I was definitely going to say, I'm Nolan Lacey, no, I did a going dick one. first through a door handle. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, where can where can they find us, Brent? Uh, you can find us on finalplank.com. You can find us on the Facebook. Uh, our page is Final Plank. You can find us on Instagram under Final Plank. Uh, and you can search for Final Plank Media or Versus And wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, feel free to drop us a line with anything that you would like to hear us discuss, debate, or otherwise turn into a debacle. Uh, and we will see you next month. Uh, also, new Twitter. You can find us at Final Plank on Twitter. We have a Twitter now. We're feel free to yeah. feel free to twat at us. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, bye bye. All right. Bye bye. And then you just hit that wave like, bah. Gonna hit the tubes and just like, whoosh.
Versus And is produced by Brent Lacey, Nolan Lacey, and David Hallman. Edited by whoever feels like it this month. Theme music by Kevin McLeod. Versus And is a production of Final Plank Media. Thank you for listening. joint by one of your friends yeah. we've all been there make sure to report to the authorities as soon as possible no one deserves to smoke a bad joint <laughs> hi exactly so <laughs> so